Thank you, Jesus. Well, thank you, Lord. I was thinking this morning that I was glad to be here speaking, following in the steps of John Arnott. <laughs> sort of big step. Hey, you know, one thing about John Arnott that I figured out about him, I got to spend a pretty good bit of time with him one-on-one, and I think his greatest anointing, and he really has a gift of wisdom. He's a man of great wisdom. And I think that's one of the reasons the Lord entrusted him with that move of God back in the 90s. Uh, that's continued this day because John has wisdom and knows how to, you know, build according to to the Lord's purposes. So I was really excited about that. I want to encourage everybody to, if you haven't, if you're not around your mama, call her today. You know, make just touch base with your mom and let her know you love her and you care about her. That's important. Mamas are important. Amen. And if you are around your mama. Make sure you touch her and kiss on her and love her, love her, love's important. Well, I've been meaning to have this discussion with you. You ever heard your daddy say that to you? <laughs> it wasn't good. This is a good one. This is a good discussion. This is a discussion the Lord had with me that I'm going to share with you because I really think it's for all of us. And uh, so I'm just going to give it to you and like I pretty much like I got it from him. Of course, he said it in a few words, like in about just a very few words. You know, God has a way of saying a lot in a few words. We're, we're learning that. But I want to read John 19:34. It says, But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and immediately blood and water came out. Uh, in 2003, I had a vision of this scripture. I saw this scripture. I saw the Lord on the cross, and I saw the the Roman soldier pierced him, and I saw the the blood and the water flow out of his side, and it was a it was a very powerful vision for me personally. Um, and I heard the Lord speak to me. He said the the headwaters of the river of life were released in the earth on that day when Christ was crucified. The river of God uh, came into the earth realm. And so I became a Holy Spirit River person that day in my heart. I was really 100% committed to the River of God because of where it came from. It's precious that it came from His side. And of course, in Revelation it says the river flows from, from the throne of God and is of Christ. So uh, by the grace of God, for the rest of my life, I'm going to be a Holy Spirit River person because the river is precious. Uh, but it was... So for me, that's really how we became River Life. It's because of that vision. That was how that was one of the main things that God used to really tell me this is this is your life. This is direction for your life. And uh, so, but it was three years. It was, took three years before that river actually ever manifested in this church in, in an outward way. Although I believe the river was is released. It was released two thousand years ago. It doesn't always manifest. Uh, you know, outwardly. So one of the things I want to just really say this is I want to encourage everybody in this room about prayer, about answers to prayer, answers to dreams, answers to the things that God has for you. Because if you're like me, God will give you a vision or he'll give you a dream or give you a word or something and you want to get up the next morning and think that thing's going to happen. And when it doesn't happen, even when you do everything within your powers to make it happen, and you pursue it, and you get counsel, and you get wisdom, and everybody's saying, yes, yes, it's the Lord, and then it doesn't happen, many times we just get really discouraged. And, uh, you know, we go to sort of give up and become lethargic 
It's one of the ways the enemy makes us into lethargic Christians. But the Lord always does what He says He's going to do, even with or without us. But He's going to fulfill His Word in our lives. And I want to just encourage you for your dreams and visions and things. Don't give up. Don't give up on God. Uh, perhaps it's going to be three years or maybe longer. I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you the Chrissy Moore story. She was here in the first service, and I finally got to tell tell that story in front of her. I have told it everywhere I've been. That story is all over the world. It's in China. It's everywhere I've gone. I've told the story. But when Chrissy Moore was 15 years old, her and somebody, and, and we weren't, we're not sure. I asked her who that person was. They came to, came to Becky and I for counsel about something that was going on in her life. And they said, we've been praying about this for a really long time. Okay. I said, okay, how long? And they said, two weeks. I said, two weeks? What kind of world do you live in? Let me tell you. So for a 15-year-old, two weeks was a long time. There's things I know many of you have been praying for, for for years and years and years and years. Many times I think uh, biblically you see, do, do see a, a harvest time of three years. You see a, a seed that will go in the ground in three years. Something can come of that if, if, you're, if you're paying attention. And that's really what happened. In 2006, the Lord released the Holy Spirit River in our church in a very real and tangible way. And by the grace of God, we have mostly been able to cultivate that river and continue flowing in that river. And that's really been a wonderful uh, thing that God has done. And that river has impacted my life in profound ways. I mean, really profound ways. It has really shaped my life completely. And I'm really so thankful for the Holy Spirit River and I always will be. I will always, I pray to God, I'll always be a person that will honor that river, uh, whether it's manifested uh, visibly or not, because that river is, is very real and it's a very precious river. But one of the things that happens in our life is sometimes uh, when God does something like that, it, although it can be a tremendous blessing to us, there's also a danger associated with, with things that God does. And I want to just uh, share this of uh, Romans 11:36 with you and sort of explain a couple of things. It says, uh, "This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible." For from him, I got lots of favorites though. You know, I really do. Like, oh, that's my favorite. And Andy read one and one said, "Oh, that's one of my favorites." How did I forget that one? You know, but it says, "For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever." Amen. Notice the the it says from through to the three hymns everything is really really a summation scripture that that things come from the Lord uh, things operate and 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 work through Him and ultimately everything has to go back to Him um, J- uh, John uh, the Baptist said it real well in John three twenty seven a man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. So that's what he's talking about, from, from Him. Everything comes from Him. Everything of any worth in our lives comes from the Lord. Everything. And God is very generous to give things to us. But there's a danger when God gives us something. There's a danger when God releases such a blessing and such favor into our lives. And, here's what the, and this is the danger of every human being. And we all suffer. The danger is this, that that thing that God has done for us, that thing that God has given us, becomes more important than God Himself in our lives. And it's a very subtle thing, uh, but we all do it. We all do that. We all unconsciously make the things of God bigger than God. 
and we begin to love the things of God and embrace the things of God more than we embrace the Lord Himself. You know, there is a, a, a aspect of embracing the things of God is embracing God, but there's something that happens in us that's really like a slippery slope that we can get on uh, in our hearts. So, but you see, the Lord understands that. The Lord understands the nature of man. He understands our hearts, and it's really not an offense to God when that begins to happen. It's not, he's not put off by it. He's not disappointed in us or mad at us or any of those things when that begins to, to happen. Uh, but how we respond in those times when He begins to reveal to, to us that the thing of God has become more important than Him is really critical because the natural response of very sincere believers is to take the thing of God that's such a blessing and kick it out the door. Okay? It's, it's to stop. Let's just stop. Let's stop pursuing the river. Let's, let's stop praying for the sick because it's become too big and it's become too important. Let's stop doing deliverance. Let's stop all these things because they've gotten in the way of our relationship with the Lord. Um, and that's really not the response that God's looking for. That's really not the heart that God's looking for. I remember hearing years ago a man, a very wise man, a very biblically astute man that, that was very versed in the Bible, said these words. He said, you can never love the Bible too much, but you can love the Lord too little. Okay, so we can never love the river too much, but we can love Jesus too little at times. We can never love the anointing too much. We can never love the gifts of God too much. We can never love dreams, visions, and revelations too much. Okay, we really can't. We really can't love them too much. We, you know, we just must, we can never love fellowship. Whatever your bag is, we can never love it too much. But we can love the person of Christ too little. Those things can, can become, we can fall more in love with them. We can fall in love with missions. We can be enamored with missions. We can be enamored with the church. We can love those things dearly, and I don't think we can love them enough. But we really can love Him too little. So our response can't be just to boot those things. Okay? I know this. I know there's been times in my life when I felt like the ministry became too great in my life. And you know what my thought was? Well, I'm going to get out of the ministry then. And you know what the Lord said to me? Byron, if you had a career still as an engineer and you feel like it got in the way of your relationship, what would you do? Would you boot that career? Would you just quit working because of that? Well, no, Lord, I really wouldn't because i got to eat, you know. Well, I don't expect you to quit these things I've called you to do. You see what I'm saying? It's, it's really important. So uh, the other thing it says here, I'm going to just take you down, down the list here. It says, so that's the things from Him. Then there's the through Him part. Uh, the Bible tells us that the gifts and calling of God are irrevocable. That's Romans eleven twenty nine. In other words, whatever God gives you as a gift, as a calling, as a dream, as a purpose, God was not going to withdraw that from you. I don't care what you do in your life. You can walk away from God in your heart, but He's not going to withdraw those things from you. And why? Because He's it says He just He. he well, we used to have this statement. It could be an offense to some people. When I was a kid, we called it an in, I don't know where it came from. I guess I should research it. But we used to call a person who would give us something and take it back an Indian giver. I don't know if that was from the trades with the Indians in the early days. Probably should have been called, really, it should be reversed. You're like a United States government giver because you, 
you give stuff, you claim you give stuff. <laughs> I think somebody's twist that thing around. But that's what we would call them, people who would give us something and take it back if we didn't act right. And so God doesn't do that, though. Okay, but this is, this is the thing that God really wants us to get. And this is really what He wants to teach us about. Is we can be very gifted. Okay, we, you can have a very gifted speaker who has very much an anointing to speak, a gift to speak, a calling to speak. And you can sit under that and walk away and there's something missing. Although the Bible was really expounded, spoken in a very powerful and anointed way, but there can be an element of it missing, and that element is life. L-I-F-E. Life. You see, the thing that God wants to do, he wants to, he wants to lift us up beyond, you know, anointing and gifting and calling. Those are important. But we've got to get to a place where we're, what the thing that we're really looking for is life. Is life being released? Is life being imparted? I'm sure you've all been in worship services where, where the worship band was very good at what they were, very talented and had anointing on it. But there was no life in it. There was something missing. There was an element missing that you couldn't maybe necessarily consciously understand, but you knew there was, something, there was an element. that It was like eating a piece of cake. Have you ever ate a piece of cake that was lacking? They, somebody forgot to put one of the ingredients in. One little ingredient, and it makes the whole cake not taste good. You know, well, that's sort of like eating food without salt. You know, I mean, I don't really like food without salt. Well, that's really because the Bible says in, in Colossians 3, 4, Christ is our life. So whatever God gives, it's His life that's in it that makes it wonderful. And so the, the, the question that, that we have to ask ourselves about life, and here's how life comes. Life doesn't come because of calling, gifting, and purpose. Life comes through relationship. Okay? That's how life comes. It comes through a real, living, and vital relationship with the Lord. And so this is a question that we need to be asking. And this is a question I believe that God is asking you today. Okay? And this is a simple question, but it may not be a simple answer. How is your relationship with the Lord? How is your relationship with the Lord? Do you have a living relationship? Is there a real relationship with Him? So, or did you have one at one time? But now it's not a lie. It's not a relationship anymore. You have to ask yourself that. Only you can ask that question. I really urge you to, this week, ask, the, ask that question. And ask, ask, ask the Lord to help you answer that question. Because you really can't answer that question by yourself, really. But He can help you answer it. He can help you tell, explain to you what your relationship is, is like. And that's a very important thing right now. Okay? I'm, I'm going to tell you this. That's really the most important thing that you and I can ever have. It's more important than everything else. And it's really the thing that's going to define your life. Now, what I uh, want to... Let me give you another scripture here. If we're going to be river life, we've got to get the life thing. That's the thing that God's after. So my question is, was, Lord, how do we, how do, we do this? How is not always a good question to ask God because sometimes He has no desire to ask. He doesn't like to. He doesn't always tell us the how. Lots of times, well, it's not how, it's who. It's Him. That's how you go. Oh, come on, Lord, please. I mean, don't tell me who. Just tell me how to do this thing. Well, I asked the Lord recently this. Okay. Now here's here's what I want you to get. 
when I was in China, the, I had the most profound encounter with the Lord I have ever had. It made every other encounter seem insignificant. I'll be honest with you. Okay? There's different levels of revelation and, and, and seeing into the spirit world and going into the spirit world. Okay? And by the grace of God, He just doesn't slam a, the angle, just don't walk out of the, you know, out of the invisible realm into the visible realm here suddenly. Because most of us would be trying as hard as we could to get out that door. It would scare the fool out of us if we had any strength in us to do that. People who've sort of gotten more and more acclimated to that might be able to deal with it after they got over the, oh gosh. You know, <laughs> whoa, Lord, don't do that no more, please. Don't say that. <laughs> do it again, Lord, please. But um, what I saw over there, I saw, I, I, I put this in my dear people, but I want to say it because this really is, I saw the eyes of the Lord looking at me. I saw his eyes. And what it did to me is it emptied 35 years of my life out of me in an instant. Everything that God had ever did in my life, everything that was in me spiritually was gone in a flash. And the thing I wanted to do, if I could have been, if, if I'd have been at home, I would have gotten bed. That's the way I felt like. Can I go lay down somewhere? Because it's woes in me. I've seen the Lord and I'm not in good shape seeing him. Of course, I had to do ministry, you know, and I'm not going to do ministry. I have nothing to say. I have nothing to give. All I have is worthless, you know, in light of him. And when we begin to see him like that, the goodness of God, that's a goodness of God, okay? Because there's people in this room, there's people in this church that are going through trials and tests in their life, Okay? And you're, you're missing something. You, you are missing something God wants you to get. Because see, what God has to do with every, every Christian, every person, if you're going to really have a real relationship with the Lord, there has to be a breaking in you. There has to be an emptying of who you are. You know, and God will do that. And, most, and, and everybody's probably going to get it through circumstance. Okay? I got mine through circumstances 30 years ago. I came to a place of emptying. I came to a place of zero on the inside of me. But it came through hardship. Okay? It didn't come easy. I paid a huge price to come to that place. I didn't want to come to that place. I was trying to get out of that place, but there was nowhere to go. So that's a key thing that has to happen for all believers. And so what I see happening with some of us is God has had us in that place, but I see you instead of getting everything that God meant for you to have in that in that is you're, you're, you're closing down, you're closing your heart off, and you're withdrawing yourself from the Lord. Because here's what's going to happen. You are going to get through it. Whether, no matter what, the day will come when you will wake up and it will be over with. Let me say this. And when it's over with, you'll realize some things like, oh my gosh, I missed some things I could have had. Okay? Now, I just want to encourage you is don't pull away from the Lord right now. Don't allow your heart to get callous right now. If you're that person, if you're in that situation, don't look because you're going to miss something. Wonderful. Now, the thing that was great about that encounter with the Lord is I didn't have to go through anything. What it took me about a year and a half before my life to get me to that same point, it was within a moment I was there. It was in a moment I was empty. In a moment I had nothing. That's a really good place to be. Okay? That's a really good place to be.
Because then God can really do something. You know, if God has your attention, God can put in you. He can rearrange things. And that's really what I saw him do. Let's make some adjustments inside of you, Byron. And I can go into some more details, but I don't want to. But the thing I asked, Lord, Lord, okay, Lord, how do I do this? How do I go from here? Okay, how do I go from here, Lord? And this, this is a scripture he gave me. It was 1 Corinthians 14, 1. And I didn't ask him that at that moment. It took me a few days to, get, to figure this out. Because I was, my head was spinning like a top, man. I mean, I went through every scenario there was uh, after that. You know, can I go home, Lord? I'm worthless to these people over here. I've got to get out of here. I've got to go and get away if that was happening to me. Don't you love it when God puts you in a situation and you're trapped? You're just trapped. You're trapped, trying to, and he's trapped supposedly doing ministry, and you don't feel like you can do anything. You're trapped with a, three girls that want to go shopping every moment they get, every chance they get. You know, you're just trapped. Everything you're doing, you don't want to do at that moment. Well, it was a good trapping day. This is what he gave me. I want to read this out to Amplify. We all know this, but this is what he said. Eagerly pursue and seek to acquire this love. Make it your aim, your, your great quest. Okay, that's what he's talking about there. That's the thing the Lord said, this is what needs to be the aim of your life. I already had that one time. He just brought us, he said the same thing to me again. He said to me 30 years ago. This is the aim. This is the quest of your life. More than anything else in your life, more than your dear wife or husband, more than your dear children, more than your dear career, more than your dear ministry, more than your dear missions work, more than your dear church, more than all of that, make this your aim. Make this your primary quest. Knowing me, having a relationship with me. Sounds profound, doesn't it? <laughs> Sounds too simple. If you will do that, just do that, that's what you have to settle in your heart. This is the most important thing for me, is knowing Him, having a real and living relationship with Jesus Christ. Okay? Having a real. Then, in the process of that, He said, just ask me. These spiritual endowments. He didn't say, throw them out the window. He didn't say, ignore them. He didn't say, look down on them. He said, earnestly desire and cultivate the spiritual endowments. Don't you like the word endowment? You know, Davidson College has an endowment, had millions of dollars that helps it operate and do what it does. You know, there's people managing those endowments. Desire them and cultivate them. Love them. Have a great time with them. But don't love them more than you love Him. And when you find yourself loving them more than you love Him, you just stop for a moment and ask Him to forgive you. You say, Lord, I'm sorry. I've fallen in love with this. And I need to fall more in love with you because I've let this become too big in my eyes. And so you go back to loving Him Keep doing those things that God's called you to do. One of the key, one of the great things about that word there, even in you know the word endowment or spiritual gifts in the regular translation of the Bible, actually that word gift is not there. It says earnestly desire and cultivate the spirituals, spirituals, spiritual world, the spiritual realm. Okay. You know, Paul the Apostle said, I will go on to dreams, visions, revelations of the Lord. I will, that's, that's really what our heart should be. And we should really go after those things and pursue them. But we can never love those things. That was what was so wonderful 
to me when I saw the Lord is every revelation, every vision, every dream I had was nothing in comparison to Him. Nothing. They were nothing. They were nothing. We, see, we don't, I wish I could say this and really say it in a way that we could all really get it. I wish in that moment when that happened, I wish we could feel and see what I saw. That the Lord Himself is worth everything there is. That the Lord Himself, all that we see, all that we think, all that we think we know, really is just sawdust compared to Him. It's the truth. It really is the truth. And He really deserves everything. He really is the desire of the nations. That Scripture, He's the desire of the nations. He really is. He's not like we think we are. I realize, oh my gosh, Lord, I had no clue you were this awesome. And all I saw was His eyes. And only for a very brief moment. And I just undid me. It was a good undoing. So we can never love our spiritual endowments too much. But we can love Him too little. That needs to be the way we approach these. We can never love our careers and things that God's given us to do, but we can love Him too little. And if we'll always keep going back to loving Him, those things will be in their proper place. Now I want to uh, read something to you. Uh, that is, the, the title of it, is it okay if I read something? I know I'm not a great reader. I am to myself, but to other people I can sing jumble jamble. Okay, because I might slur my words. Actually, in the engineer world, we used to make fun of people in the English world because we could say, we can say that sentence in half of what you say. You're wasting about eight words. We, can, we know exactly what it means in three words. We don't need those other eight words. But we didn't realize everybody else don't think that way and feel that way. But there's a man, it's the truth about the truth. There's a man named Richard Worm, Wormbrand. Anybody ever heard of Richard? Richard Wormbrand was a man who actually... In the 70s, we got to see Richard Wormbrand in person, which was a big deal. He came to our church and spoke, and he was an old guy, and he had to sit in the chair. I can remember these things. He liked, here's what I remember. He was an old guy because of all the beatings he took when he was in prison for loving the Lord. He was in communist prison in Romania. He had to sit because he'd been beaten so badly he couldn't stand for a long period of time at all. I hardly know people now. And he loved flowers and children. I just remember that. That's what he really loved. He just loved the faces of children. He loved flowers. But he spent 14 years in communist prison. You know, one good thing about uh, uh, Richard uh, Dean, he was a Jewish man. Okay? And he, but he loved, loved Christ. And he paid dearly for his uh, relationship with Christ. Three of those 14 years, he literally spent 30 feet underground where he did not hear a voice or see anything but total darkness for three years. Okay? So he was frozen. He was beaten beyond measure. He was put in septic tanks. All these things he did, all these things happened to him. I want to read something he said that, I'm going to read this because I can't really say it. He can, what he says is so powerful. Uh, this, how much each one of us can suffer depends on how much he is bound up with a cause. How dear this cause is to him and how much it means for him. In this respect, we have had in communist countries very big surprises. There have been gifted preachers and writers of Christian books who have become traitors. The composer of the best hymnal of Romania became the composer of the, the best communist hymnal of Romania. 
Everything depends on whether we have remained in the sphere of words or if we are merged with divine realities. God is truth, big T truth. The Bible is the truth, little t, about the big T truth. The Bible is the truth about the big truth. Theology is the truth about the truth about the truth. A good sermon is the truth about the truth about the truth about the truth. It's not the truth. The truth. The truth is God alone. Around this truth, there's a scaffolding of words, of theologies, and of expositions. None of these is of any help in times of suffering. It is only the truth himself who is of help. And we have to penetrate through sermons, through theological books, through everything which is words, and be bound up with the reality of God Himself. I have told in the West how Christians were tied to crosses for four days and four nights. The crosses were put on the floor, and other prisoners were tortured and made to fulfill their bodily necessities upon the faces and bodies of the crucified ones. I have since been asked, which Bible verse helped and strengthened you in those circumstances? My answer is, no Bible verse was of any help. It is sheer cant and religious hypocrisy to say, this Bible verse strengthens me, or that Bible verse helps me. Bible verses alone are not meant to help. We, know Psalms, we knew Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall... I shall not want, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. When you pass through suffering, you realize that it was never meant by God that Psalm 23 should strengthen you. It is the Lord who can strengthen you, not the psalm which speaks of him so doing. It is not enough to have the psalm. You must have the one about whom the psalm speaks. We also knew the verse, My grace is sufficient for thee. The verse is not sufficient. It is the grace, big G, which is sufficient, not the verse. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? And that really speaks of real relationship because when we find ourselves in a place like that, which I hope we never find ourselves in that place, that's the only thing that's really going to get us through those places is our relationship with Him. It's Him. It's not everything else. That's what I realize about what I have spiritually. I realize that's really that doesn't really count for nothing, really. Okay, only thing that counts is my relationship with Him. That's the only thing that I can ultimately depend on in my life. I can't depend on any visions. I can't depend on anything I know about the Bible. I can't depend on my spiritual experiences. Any of that. The only thing I can really depend on is do I really know the Lord and do I have a real relationship with Him? Because He's the only thing that's going to get me through all this. Nothing else will. My ministry, I don't care how successful I am in ministry. I don't care how successful I am in life. None of that really counts when it all comes down to it. That's what I saw. None of this counts. None of this, this is meaningless really. The only thing that means anything, do I know that person looking back at me? And if I know him and I got something real with him, then that's all I need at that moment. And that's all I'm going to need when I get to heaven and face him. And I pray that when I get to heaven that everything I've done or, or the most of what I've done on this earth won't be burned up. But at that moment, it didn't feel burned up, but it all felt like it just collapsed. You know, it all felt like it just collapsed. 
So, you know, we can never love the Bible too much, but we can love Jesus too little. So this is, this is the thing. This is what I want to tell you. This is, this is where we are. Okay, we did, we're in a new place. And I was just reading some stuff this morning of people who sort of have a bigger, bigger picture of things. The body of Christ in the United States and all over Europe, we're in a different place than we have been. There's been a shift that has, has happened. Okay? We're in, like, things have shifted. And things have, there's things, like a, it's like a fullness of time dynamic that's, that's happened. We've come to a fullness of time where, where things have come to a fullness and, the, and, and things have ended that need to end. Okay? And, and, and now God is saying it's time to really move into the, to the thing that I have for you now. It's time for you to see how to, to live your life now. It's time to see how to make your life work today. Okay? It's time to see how to make your relationships work now because yesterday's done. It's, it's, and we have to see it's done. Okay? And the way things worked yesterday no longer will work for us. Okay? Uh, you know, Jesus said to the church at Ephesus, you know, that, wow, you guys are awesome. You know, you're an awesome church. Look what you're doing. But then he said, but you're not loving me. You're not relating with me. And I don't like that. And I'm going to take away your being a church. You can still keep your name out there, church, Ephesus church. But in my eyes, you won't be a church anymore. That's what he said. I'm going to take your candlestick away from you. That's a big, big thing. That's how he came to them. You know. So he comes at different... You know, if you look at all those seven churches, you find that Jesus expressed himself differently. Every one of them, he came differently. Like one, he came with the fiery eyes. I'm, I'm searching your heart. He's one of the churches. One, one of them, he just came as, as the Son of God. You know, I mean, he came in different ways. So he comes in different ways in different seasons and reveals himself to the church and reveals himself to us. However, we need it. So we're in a time when he wants to reveal himself to us in a different way. But what's important for us to be able to get through this time is our relationship with him. That's what it was 2003. He showed me himself and showed the river come out. And I've enjoyed, I have enjoyed seven years of the river, especially the last four. It's been really good, okay, when it got, when everybody started getting in on it, okay, here. But guess where the river took me? This is where it took me. It took me right back to looking at him again, okay? It took me right back that there he is, the source, the origin of all this. Everything comes back. It's like from, through, to. All ultimately got to get back to that two place. Does it go back to him? Does it take us back to him? Okay? We had to ask ourselves that. So that's where I'm saying, this is what the Lord is showing me, is telling me, is this is where you need to come to, Byron. This is the place. You come back to where you started seven years ago. You come back to you see me, I see you. I'm what's important right now. Your relationship with me is important right now. That's more important than anything else in your life right now. You... You come back to that. You come back to relationship. And if you'll do that, all this other stuff is going to do, it's, it really is going to take care of itself. All this other stuff is going to be what it's supposed to be. Y'all, are y'all good? Everybody, y'all looking sort of bad at me. 
So I believe that's really what we should consider right now. I think one of the things the Lord is doing in the, in the body of Christ is like He wants to give us a new paradigm. You know, a paradigm has, has become the mean. He didn't mean this originally because it was really a scientific word. But everybody stole it. Okay? So we're going to give everybody their due. It means to change the way you think. It's to get a new thought pattern. Think on things differently. That's what it's become to mean. So I think there's a people, there's, you know, we're hearing people who's, what they were doing has suddenly come to an end. Okay? It's happening in a lot of places. Their businesses, their ministries, their church, all these things have, you know, it's like it's over with, it's done, it's, something, it's time for something else. And some of these things haven't been very graceful. I'm going to be honest with you. Like I got one pastor friend of mine who called me and said, I'm quitting. I said, why? Don't quit. So I said, please don't quit. Invite me. Well, I'm quitting because of the church I'm in. I'm sick of them. They're killing me. Let me, invite me to your church is what I told him. Invite me over. I want to tell them. I'm mad at them. I love you. I don't want to lose you. He said, I'm not going nowhere by. I'm not leaving this area. I'm just getting out of the ministry. I'm going to go find me a job and go to work. I'm leaving the building pastor behind. I'm done. I'm like, oh, no. That's not graceful. Okay? Man, I've got a good friend of mine. I share this. He's been married 27 years. And, and this is a pastor. Their marriage split up. That's not graceful. Okay? Not graceful. And you know what it is? It's because there's a wind that has blown. A wind of change that we got up here and danced on a couple years ago. Remember all that fun? Let's have, go dance on the wind of change. Well, guess what? The wind of change came. And it's not so fun when it blows. But see, what God, here's the great thing. God has a turbo fan. Okay? He has a real gentle fan. He'll turn it on. He'll blow real easy into your life. And that's what He wants to do. That's graceful. But if you don't listen, He's just like, let's turn this thing up. 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 And he keeps turning it up. And some people have literally got blown away from where they were at. Their lives got blown upside down. Okay? And if we just let him, we just let him blow in our hearts, let him make the changes in us. And we really do. I would say this to business people in this room. Business people really need to realize it's not just economic. This is a time to find out how to do business differently. And, and people in ministry who are leading ministries and churches and mission organizations, all that, they need to find out that we're in a different time. What we did yesterday is not the way we need to be doing now. We need to be asking the Lord. And you know how you find out all that out? You don't have to go through some big rig. Like somebody called me yesterday. What you doing, Byron? I said, I'm watching some golf on television. You mean you're not praying and fasting for your message anymore? I said, it's too late. <laughs> If I don't have it now, I'll never get it between that one then. It's just too late. See, I don't think we got to do praying and fasting is great. I'm not, but here's what I'm not into. I'm not just into praying and fasting for the sake of getting something from God. What I want to do is have a relationship with Him. Okay? And out of that relationship, if He says, hey, won't you fast a day here, a couple of days, or whatever, but yeah, we'll do that together. But me going and doing it in something, trying to get God to do some big thing, tell me some big story, I just don't really want to do that because I don't think that's where we're at. I think it's more like, be with me, have a relationship with me, and these things will come 
come up in your life. I'll show you what to do. But it comes out of relationship. See, that's where we're at right now. Are y'all following that? I really want to encourage you. Ask the Lord this question. What's your relationship like with the Lord? And be honest. and Let Him help you with that. Let Him speak to you to that in you. Because here's, here's the thing. <laughs> this is funny. This is a guy who made a terrible mistake. Okay? A terrible mistake. He fell down to worship an angel. Okay? That's like a no-no, right? Everybody in the Bible, if you talk about an angel in church, somebody's going to give you that scripture up in Colossians about worshiping angels that Paul said. Always happens, I'm telling you. You know, it's like one time I was talking, first time I talked about an angel, I saw this guy come and I said, don't even say a word to me about that. I don't even want to hear it because I'm not talking about worshiping angels. Yet this guy worshiped an angel. And you know who it was? It was one of the greatest spiritual people who ever walked this earth. It was John the Apostle. John 19, or Revelation 19. Fell down to worship an angel. It's a bad deal, man. I told, I shared that over there in China. Where's that in the Bible? <laughs> that was the first thing they wanted to know. And then the girl said, why did he do that? This was, this was the leader. Why did he do that? Well, he did it for us. I mean, he did it for us. He, he, not that he did that mistake for us, but he recorded his mistake. He didn't hide his mistake. I blew it. Here's the guy. I thought, that's what I thought. How could you do that? You walked with Jesus for three years. You put your head on his shoulders. He loved you. He spoke to you in the, the He gave you the ultimate Mother's Day message. Son, behold your mother. Mother, behold your son. This guy was Jesus' closest person. Then Jesus reveals himself in Revelation with the White hair and the sword and coming out of his mouth and his eyes of fire and his feet of brass bronze. He saw the Lord like nobody else. And he still messed up. He messed up. If you messed up today, it's okay. If you will just get real with him and say, I messed up. That's what I said to the Lord. I messed up. I've made you so long. I messed up. I didn't know you like I thought I did. Here I am, my Lord. Let me just go hide somewhere. Let me go hide because I've messed up. And you know what the Lord said? Oh, that's okay. It's okay. If John messed up, you think you're not? You just get rid of me. Just get under the blood. It's okay. You understand what I'm saying? And so if we've messed up in our relationship, or if we've messed up in our trial, He's saying, that's okay. Just please get real with me. Please get real with me in your life right now. If you'll get real with me in your life right now, that's all that counts. Because you see, I believe that's where we're all at. I believe we all have to go to the common ground of the cross. Every one of us, that's where he's saying, that's where you need to go. You just go to the cross, you go stand on that ground. Because that's the only ground that's really stable right now. And that's the only ground that's going to get you through this time. If you'll go there and you go back to me, it's going to be, everything's going to be fine in your life. But if you don't go there, it may not. I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, that's not my concern. Y'all got that? That's where we're supposed to be now. It's relationship. And relationship starts at the cross. It starts right there. Because it comes from Him. It comes, goes and works through Him. And all the way takes us back to you. That's the river story. 
came from his side. He released it, had a great time with it. Going to have more great times with it. I'm still going after the river, but I'll tell you where it's took me. It's took me back to the ground of the cross. Well, I'm looking at him saying, I need to have a better relationship with you. There's, there's more than you than I thought. And you know what, Lord? I realize there's some things in me that need to be different going forward. In my life, in my ministry, what you've called me to do, there's some adjustments that need to be made for what's ahead of me. And I want you to be the one to tell me what those adjustments are. I don't want circumstances to dictate it to me. I don't want circumstances to beat my brains out. But if you'll tell me, I'll work, you know, I'll, I'll you know, flex with you and do all that. Just briefly, I, it was really, you know, in China, we had an awesome time. It was just, I just can't tell you from the moment we got there, it was just so full of grace and, you know, every experience we were going through was just really, really wonderful. But the really wild thing that happened is Byron and I had the identical thing for the Lord to speak to us separate. And it was this about returning back to really knowing the Lord. And I'm just saying that so you'll know that I just believe the Lord's really speaking to us. And it was, it was just something that went into us really deep. And we are just now really, it's just really wild. I mean, it was just totally separate. The Lord did the identical thing in us. And um, how the, it started with me where I had a short vision where um, in the middle of reading, and it was in a revelation of, to the church in Ephesians where Jesus said this, I know your industry. He was saying that basically, I know you're laboring for me, you're working for me, you're really going for it. But in the Amplified, it says, I know your industry. And I just had shortly had a vision and I saw the river. And along the river, it, it, there was industry built along the river. And the river had turned dark. And I realized what the Lord was saying to me is that what man always does, we take the very precious things that God has given us and we make an industry out of it. And then when I read on and he said, return to your first love. Return to your original works. Return to the first things. And so that's, it, it's, I'm just saying, this is really, I mean, I know we didn't go over there and get people healed and, and stuff, but I tell and this, and ironically, it was the message I took to them was about really knowing the Lord. But little did I know that the Lord was going to totally undo me and Byron. And I kept hearing the word the whole time over there, undivided focus. And it's just the nature of man to take the things that God gives us, whatever it is, children, husbands, you know, a new house, a, a good ministry, a, you know, a talent, and take that thing that he's given us and it becomes first place. Where is the Lord really, he, it's just knowing Him. That's where He wants, He just wants Him to be first place. He's just really jealous. And, and I, the scripture that came to me is, you know, in, um, Song of Solomon, where He says, He's talking about being in the cleft of the rock. He says, let me, let me see your face, let me hear your voice. It's like the Lord's really longing for that out of us. You know, so, that, I just want to encourage you in this that, this was just a real word from the Lord. And, um, and I'm excited. Because you know how when you feel that you, you can feel it in your spirit where you're a little bit off? It's like everything's good and feels good around you. The Lord's moving and there's stuff going on. But there's just something in your spirit that's just a little bit off. 
Man, when I, this adjustment came, I'm just, I'm back to life again. You know, because this is what, this is it. You know, it's even, you know, and so worship now is like the focus is not worship. The focus is Jesus. Worship follows that. You know, same thing with ministry. Ministry's not the focus. Jesus is. And so the ministry will just follow. And, amen. Well, how many of you feel like we just really need to respond to the Lord today with that word? How many of you guys feel that? I know I do. I'm, I'm just excited because I know that um, I have a lot of dreams and visions in my life to do things, but I, I just feel the tugging of the Lord on my heart this morning. So let's just, let's just stand up together and let's just corporately, um, let's just reaffirm or just go back to our first love right now in prayer. I just wanted to read the scripture for any of you guys that are struggling uh, uh, over what Byron said about the place of the Bible uh, versus Jesus himself. It's actually in the scriptures. Jesus, uh, he said this. This is in John 5:39. You search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of me. But you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. So he really did differentiate between the Bible and himself. Like the, the Bible points us to the man Jesus Christ himself, which is where the life is. So, Father, we just, we come, God, simply before you right now. And we want to, we want to say thank you. For leading us to this place, for adjusting us. Lord, we appreciate the river of God. We appreciate the giftings and the anointings. Those, those gifts that are irrevocable, Father. And we will continue to pursue those things, Father. But only as we're in relationship with You, Father. So I just pray a blessing over every person here, over every family, over every household, God. Just take us into a newness, a deeper place of relationship, Father. God, where there's a lack of knowledge to know how to do that, I pray that You would show us, that You would lead us by Your hand of grace. God, that really is a desire. I believe that. That's in every single one of us. But many of us don't know how to walk down that road. Lord, You do. You know how. Like the Bible says, You're the shepherd that leads us into those fields of grace. So right now, we just place ourselves into Your hands, God, to lead us to that place of true relationship with You. In Jesus' name. And uh, I just want to make this... uh, I just want to put this out there, that if there's anybody that maybe wants to rededicate their life to Christ today, if, if you've... If you've walked away from the faith of Jesus Christ and you want to rededicate your life, you can come up here and talk to myself or to Pastor Byron or, or Pastor Marlon. We'll pray for you. If there's anybody here that's never met the Lord Jesus for the ever and you want to do that today, please come forward and we'll pray that prayer with you. And you can, you can begin a brand new life the true life in Christ Jesus. You want to say something? One thing I wanted to do for people, for people who are in ministry of some type, it doesn't matter what, but if 
you are in ministry today, I want to pray over you because I believe God wants to show, wants to reveal Himself first of all to you. And then I believe He wants to reveal to you the steps ahead of you. Okay? For your ministry, for your, your bright future in Christ. Also, for people who are in business, businessmen, businesswomen who are struggling with business, God wants to show you the bright future that you have in Christ. Okay? He wants to show you how to go from here to what He wants in this season. So that's what I'm feeling, you know, that God really wants to do. And I think for all of us, all of us, all of us, we all have a bright future in Christ. Not apart from Christ. Not apart. Ministry don't is not a bright future. Business, whatever it is, your relationship, whatever it is, that is not a bright future. It's only bright in Him. And when we have that vital connection with the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm praying that the Lord will reveal Himself to everybody in the room like He did to me. Because that's, that to me, that's the easy way out. Yes. <laughs> Instead of circumstances. Oh, thank you, Jesus. That was mercy. It didn't feel merciful, but it was real mercy. So I pray that God would do that. You, that you would see Him. You would see Him in such a way that it would undo you. Okay? I want everybody to be undone. I want every one of us to say like, like Isaiah was Isaiah, uh, Oh, woe is me, for I am undone. I've seen the Lord, and it undoes us so He can go back in and redo us. Make it right and fix it right. Make things right. Show those little spots in you. Like, there's a little spot that needs to go. There's a wrinkle that needs to go. That needs to go. Let me, let me put this in order in your life. He'll do that for you. Because He's a God of love. He's a God of mercy. And He's a God who has a plan and a purpose for every person in this room's life. I know that's the truth. So, so Lord, I ask you to do that. I pray everybody in this room would come to the undone place. We would get undone about you, Lord. We'd see you. I pray you'd open, Lord, if you don't, if nobody else in this room ever has another vision in their life, another spiritual experience, but they'd have that one experience of beholding you and seeing you to where it would undo us. It would undo us. It would unravel us on the inside. And we would be emptied of ourselves and emptied of all, even the things of you, Lord, so that you can put it back together in our life in a way that would really be good. And really be better than anything we could ever dream of. And that our relationship with you, we'd be a church that really loved you, Lord. Really loved you. Because the Lord said this to me about River Life. He said, I love River Life. Before he told me, I love River Life. I'm not upset. I love this church. I love this church. I just want you to love me. I just want you to love me. That's all he said. I love you. I love this church. I just want you to love me. And I think out of that will come a lot of good stuff, a lot of good mission, a lot of good stuff, a lot, of, a lot, a lot more healings and stuff. Now, if you want to come out here, we'll just lay hands on you. And that rededication thing is so important this morning that we would just, just pray for if you want to rededicate your life to Jesus Christ. I don't care if you've been a Christian 98 years. That's what I was doing that day. Lord, I'm rededicating my life to you right now. I'm rededicating my quest to know you. That that's my quest, Jesus. That's my quest. I'm, I'm going back to what you told me 30 years ago when I said to you, Lord, the rest of my life I'm going to pursue you to know you. 
I went back and said, I'm going back to that place. That's what I'm going to do from here on out. I'm going to redo that. I'm going to relive that. That's a good, that's a good thing to do. Father, thank you to, for the people in this room. Thank you for the love of Jesus Christ. Lord, we just ask you for your love to get released down right now in a fresh way. We pray you begin to touch these businessmen, businesswomen. Lord, I'm asking you that they wouldn't, they wouldn't just get strategies for business, but they would get strategies for knowing you and for having a relationship with you. And out of that, their business, their ministry, their purposes, their dreams, their callings, their investments would suddenly take off like never before, that you would just release that right now, Jesus. Everyone, everyone, a new day of loving you and knowing you and communing with you and seeing heaven's reward. Because heaven has a reward. Heaven has a reward for you. I want you to know that's what I, there's a reward out of heaven that you want to give us, Lord. Today, you're the reward. You yourself are the reward and all this stuff comes with you. You yourself, Lord. Lord, do that for us, Lord. Do that. Do that, Jesus. Do that, Lord. Do that, Lord Jesus. Do it in us. Do it through us. Do it through us, Lord. I pray, Lord, all these would have a new revelation of you. A new revelation of you, Lord. A new vision of Jesus Christ. A new vision of the Lord Jesus Himself. You would take us all back to You. (laughs) Back to You, Lord. (laughs) Back to You, Jesus. And I really do ask You, Lord, that You just seal these hearts today. Seal them for You, Jesus. Seal them.